Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity and Information Systems Information Analysis Center podcast. Uh, today, we will be will be a digest show where we at Sysiac will take the most important articles from the last two weeks and discuss their importance in the world of technology and cybersecurity. To see all the articles that we reference today on today's show, uh, visit www.csiac.org forward slash CS Digest. You can also subscribe to our CS Digest mailing list to receive a news summary curated for cybersecurity professionals across a wide spectrum of topics. My name is Sean Bird. I'm Cully Patch. And I'm Michael Van Steeber. Awesome. So for people that don't know, the Digest is a, it's that culmination of the, the two weeks of articles. So we picked the, t- the top five articles that we thought were most relevant and we, we, we made some notes on them and we just want to discuss and why they're uh, the most relevant and most important. Uh, the first we have is Hackers Halt Plant Operations uh, in Watershed Cyber Attack. So in a possible state-sponsored, at- sponsored attack targeting major infrastructure systems using Triconix safety technology by Schneider Electric, uh, it was disclosed by FireEye, who investigated the is- incident after the intrusion was detected by the energy plant. The plant discovered this this after hackers may have unintentionally shut down systems while probing the network. Schneider Electric stated, evidence suggests this was an isolated incident and not due to a vulnerability in the Trisonic system or its program code. They also said that there may be other attack vectors. And I believe they also thought it was a state-sponsored attack, which makes sense because a lot of these attacks on ICS systems tend to be state-sponsored because... There's no money involved in hacking ICS systems, so usually they're backed by some country. Which I, I thought was kind of, it could be leading into ransomware, though, so it, the non-state-sponsored side would be holding someone's water supply yeah, hostage for Bitcoin or something, like I think, perhaps, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a different possibility. I, I saw as part of the article there that, that it was more likely that the... They went from the you know unknown unknown to the known unknown when a system went to fail-safe mode, and they they pretty much think that the attacker was was trying to probe their way through, and in the process of probing, they actually um, you know uh, caused something to fail. Yeah, while they were probing around the network, yeah. accidentally. Right. Yep. Yeah, and in that process of I mean that's an obvious um, exploitation or enumeration type thing where you're going into trying to see what what's going to happen and how you can do certain things. So I can see that as a definite APT type uh, operation. Now, Trisonex, uh is industrial safety technology from Schneider. They're getting a lot of the bad rap for this, but those are just the systems that were infected. Uh, I think they, not that they didn't want to take the blame for it, but it, it kind of also relies on whatever cybersecurity implementations you have in place at your industrial complex. I don't think a lot of these factories have good cybersecurity practices, especially outside the U.S. If you're in foreign countries, I don't think they have great cybersecurity practices. (laughs) Right, and usually they're running on older, outdated systems that are hard to patch, and they don't have the cybersecurity team like you were talking about. Right, and especially when that becomes a network via the Internet or something of that nature that really helps, opens up their cyber footprint to be vulnerable to these type of attacks. Yeah, like you have Shodan and all that stuff where you can kind of see what's out there. Right. Showed in? Yeah. It shows systems that are available on the internet, basically. Oh. And, like, it'll give you, like, ports that are open, stuff like that, kind of. 
right? Just information. But I think you're right. I mean, it was the key part. They do talk about that there was an advanced technique that actually got them to the workstation. And that's key because if once you're in the workstation, you know, then, then obviously you have a lot more um, access to begin with. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, you might even be operating as a normal user at that point. And then it, it reminded me, they even mentioned later in the article that it was uh, reminded them of Stuxnet, or Stuxnet being kind of the leading and first big uh, on the Iranian uh, nuclear program being that attack and really setting them back. It kind of opened up that whole realm, and now we're going to see, I think, this is the reason why they said watershed, and for those of you that, that don't know, because I always forget what watershed means. It means a turning point or a pivotal moment. Uh, it, it, they they think that it's going to lead into the next realm of state-sponsored cyber attacks and cyber warfare is on our infrastructure. So, And this can include even all the way up to financial institutions being part of your country's uh, infrastructure. Right. They're, I think they were saying that it, the attack would have to be heavily modified to work on other systems, but they're afraid that it'll be copied again in the future. Mm. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they quote that there's three main uh, viruses that have come out, the stuckness, vi stuckness virus in Iran in 2010, uh, crash override and, and, and destroyer, which possibly used in U uh, Ukraine in 2016, and uh, what they call the Triton uh, one at this particular time. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it really concentrates on, uh, when I studied the uh, Stuxnet report uh, based on the semantic report, and uh, a lot of that has to do with obfuscation. A lot of that uh, code was d dedicated to the fact that it had to be set up so that it knew it wasn't there because as soon as someone knows it's there, then you're going to go after it. But if you set up the sensors to look the play that everything's fine, and both to the operators and to the security folks, then you have the persistence to be able to do things as uh, Stuxnet did very um, discreetly mm -hmm. and uh, was able to get their job done without being, um, you know, uh, actually taken, uh, detected. So to move on to our, our next article that we, we picked out this week, uh, Home Economics, How Life in 123 Million American Households Was Exposed Online. Alteryx, I think that's how you say Alteryx, an analytical firm, exposed all of the data from both the 2010 census partnered with valuable customer consumer data from Experian Consumer View Marketing Database. Together, these two data sets reveal specific information about millions of households in America. These range from home addresses, mortgage information, financial history, and varieties of other personal purchasing behavior. This was discovered by Cyber Risk Research when they found the files improperly hosted on AWS, allowing any AWS user to view the files. Yeah. I don't know. Cloud this, mismanagement, right? Yeah, I mean, and this could have been a one-off. I mean, obviously, you've got a lot of good security going on, and then the one that actually gets discovered and gets um, gets talked about the most. Um, but it, it is a good example of, of the increasingly uh, outsourcing of our security. And there's a lot of good advantages of the cloud itself, but at the same time, you're also putting your security into trust of someone else, a third-party vendor in this case. And so even though you may have your stuff, your stuff very secure, um, once you put it into that, that cloud environment, uh, is it actually secure from a 
outside or I have of, of the cloud part where they're talking about of the cloud versus so trust trusting your cloud service provider is is always going to be a big thing especially when you're dealing with government systems and moving government systems to the cloud one you have to manage your information correctly and then two you're relying on all of their security you inherit all of their security flaws right right okay yep but it's also i imagine they'll be incentivized by the market where Obviously, they don't want that to occur because then they could go to another user like Azure or someone else. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that th these things will probably take care of themselves in those areas. But um, the key part about this data, though, it, a lot of it was, um, y yes, the Census Bureau, Census Bureau stuff was widely, uh, well, that was public. public. Yeah. Yeah. It combined with the other stuff from Experian, uh, but this stuff is actually equivalent to the old-fashioned um, selling mailing lists uh, to different companies around the right. Know, and so they buy those lists of things so they can send junk mail to your advertisements. Mm -hmm. um, and so this data is not necessarily, you know, hugely uh, classified or that type of data. But it's it, not entirely sensitive, but right. put yeah. together, it, you're gleaming so much off of a person's life that it kind of, I think it can be used for an identity theft type of thing. Or And I think it's important also to point out that uh, that when you sign up, you should pay attention to what you're allowing companies to do with your data once you give it to them. Because uh, if I remember correctly, Experience said, oh, well, yeah, well, we told these people that this is how we're using their data, not in the breach portion of it, but, yeah, we're collecting your data and we're selling yeah, it to other companies. Yeah. They didn't say that their data was going to be breached, but right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they said they're going to sell it to other companies. Yeah, yeah. yep. So you got to watch out what you're accepting mm. in your agreements. Right. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's key because this data is out there and, yep. um, you know, and we may want to be able to, this is a good example because this could have been more sensitive data in the same situation. And so these things have to be taken care of in terms of security, but the actual data itself, we may, it may be a good opportunity to ask ourselves, so what, you know, it, this data is out there. There's a lot of breaches. It seems to be that, you know, if, if someone's wants the particular data, they'll have it. And they, they could have paid Experian for this data. I mean, I think it was one of the right. largest uh, consumer research type of marketing databases out there for uh, for that sort of thing. So yeah, they right. they can just pay for it, but it was the fact that it's out there for free. I think was what the article was trying to really oh yeah drive home. Yeah, especially after they said if this was more sensitive data, and as you yeah. mentioned, government services are going on mm -hmm. on cloud services, and um, this this will have to be balanced. Yeah, as more they? companies move yeah. to the cloud. Yeah. I also thought of all the security questions that people could answer based off of that data. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> where where was your last three addresses and stuff like that? Yeah. And what was your mother's maiden name? All that jazz. Exactly. Right. So the next one of the next articles was the Emotet banking Trojan analysis of dropped malware morphing at scale, discovered by Bromium. This is the um, Emotet Trojan from 2014. Emotet sniffs network information using open network APIs and registry entries. This allows the Trojan to see traffic outside of encryption. Trend Micro did a very nice write-up on this. Uh, this including I'll include this in the show notes that are below the video on the CSIF webpage. Uh, traditionally, Trojans like Emotet are thwarted via signature recognitions. However, this is because uh, this is being circumvented by hackers by repackaging the Trojan executables to be unique for every victim. So Trend Micro did a, a write-up in 2014 on that. So this is not so much about Emotet itself on what that is. It's more of just the payload. The delivery method 
is what mainly is interesting in this article, I think, because of the how they're packaging it. So they're they're taking the executable and they're repackaging repackaging it so it has a different signature so on a large scale too. Yeah, There's, on a large scale. Yeah. So each victim has a different signature that semantic or any antivirus or any you know heuristic uh, screening kind of software can't detect because the signature changes every time. Right. So how do you track it? Yep. Yep. And the hashes for that malware are completely different each time mm-hmm. as well. So yep. yeah, the the article does a good job of showing the comparisons of the actual executable being totally different, and then it shows the actual system yep. sequences being exactly almost exactly the same. Yep. Um, and obviously the payloads are the same, right? Being Emotet. Yep. So mm-hmm. I think to to curb that, I'm sorry. Were you gonna... I was just going to say another reason why how uh, antivirus can get circumnavigated. Yeah. Why you can't always trust it to be 100. percent I think a lot of normal you. consumers just blindly trust these antiviruses instead exactly. of following good practices. So it's, I think it's really good for people to uh, really vet the sources in which they're getting their software for this sort of thing uh, and isolate any untrusted executables. Now, your normal user, I don't think, knows how to isolate an executable. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. So really vet those sources when you're grabbing you know, executables or install files from online. I think that would probably be the biggest way to curb that right and trusted sources mm. um yeah and, and they uh, go on to talk about their solution in the end which looks at more of a app uh, isolation um app control type of a uh, uh, a technique mm. and uh it looked uh, interesting in terms of having to look at it from that standpoint yeah there, there's a few vendor products out there i i, I know komodo and then they were talking about this is a bromium bromium article they were talking about their product yeah. a lot of products out there to do that yeah. So let's just, talk about one more oh. article just before we run out of time here because we're, we're, we're encroaching upon the time limit. Okay. Uh, we want to talk, I want to talk about this one because this was just cool and it's very relevant. A massive brute force attack infects WordPress sites with Monero miners. Uh, basically, in short, I, I wrote basically, leeching uh, people's servers power to mine cryptocurrencies. If they're able to get into your WordPress logins, they can install crypto mining add-ons that leech off of your processing power and your, your network bandwidth. Right. And crypto jacking has become a real problem where JavaScript's embedded in a website and then all of a sudden you go and visit a web page and in the background it's using your CPU resources mm-hmm. to, to mine Bitcoins. So people don't even know about this. Or Monero. Yeah, yeah or Monero. Crypto. But yeah, you can you can do any cryptocurrency mining yep. in there. I think Monero was, because it they used Monero because it had doubled in price Yeah, they were watching was, the price. Yeah, right. so which, whichever... Uh, cryptocurrency is probably the most lucrative they'll install and yep. whichever is not being used as much as well i thought it was interesting about the uh, word fence talked about how they used a, a combination of common passwords with heuristics and then they had the uh, github uh, breach of 1.4 million or billion clear text username password combinations that might have triggered the attacks yep um so i mean you get given the I mean, this is just another attempt to do a crowdsource to get, you know, obtain money. Mm-hmm. But combined with a little bit of innovation and some available given passwords and some heuristics, and you, bam, you've got, you've actually been able to use someone else's equipment to, to get, some, you know, make money. Yeah, a crazy. free cryptocurrency farm. Mm-hmm. So watch those WordPress logins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing is you can change the, the username so it's not admin, so they can't just... Because these were brute force attempts on the admin account. If that account doesn't exist, 
you're okay. You can also do other things like limiting the IP addresses that can access your WP admin page or install something like uh, WordFence. So, 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 so those, there's options. Yeah, yeah, your normal security options for securing your web server, for sure. The, one of the coolest things I've seen is uh, there's low, low API. So there's an attack on um, Android devices that is actually, it's another cryptocurrency miner. And what mm-hmm. it does is it does actual damage to the phone itself. So the phone starts overheating uh, after a couple of days. Oh, because and it'll it's do physical damage. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Yep crazy crypto jacking yep. I, I haven't had that affect me personally at all but it's uh, it's apparently it's a big thing out there so i think that that's all the time we have for today thank you guys for joining us if you would like to see our full cs digest uh, visit www.csiac.org forward slash cs digest and you can subscribe to it there as well as look at the archived versions that we have from past digests the CS Digest is sent out bi-weekly. Any notes or links mentioned in the show will be located in the, uh, below the video. Thank you very much.